On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, I'm on vacation this week, but I've got a full new episode for you. Nevertheless, some fun stuff while I'm gone, starting with 17 pro tips to help you get a little bit more out of your Tesla, plus a special guest, yes, an interview later in the show. So with that, let's go. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 210 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for August 11th, 2019. And as Daisy the Boxer Puppy snoozes to my left, uh, I am here to say hello to welcome you to episode 210. Well, uh, what's interesting about this episode is that I have recorded it before I've done episode 209 because uh, as it's worked out, uh, this I am on vacation this week. We've got a family trip, our last planned one of the year. So um, I thank you in advance for allowing me to take some time off. But as you guys know, I I don't just want to leave you with no show. I just I that that doesn't feel right to me. So I, I want to get you something. And you know I've got uh, this time, unlike the last time I took vacation. This one I've got all new content for you. So uh, while I apologize that it's not the new news. It's not the fresh Tesla news of the week. I'm not able to do that. But I hope you enjoy it anyway, because I've got a couple of big segments for you. So it's the show is really two parts. So the first 30 or so minutes of the show, it's basically just two halves. So the first half of the show is all of the extra pro tips that you guys have called in and sent in. So if you've called in with one and, and been disappointed every week, like, man, when is Ryan going to play my tip well, this is your week. <laughs> this is your time to shine, I assure you. So the vault is getting emptied. They're all coming out now. So I thought this would be a fun, because people seem to like, the feedback I get on the pro tip segment is people do seem to like it. And I can you know, keep getting more calls for it, more pro tips coming in, which is great. So I figure, well, I'm on vacation. I want to get you something new. Seven, 17 pro tips is what I've got for you. And then following that, an interview with a gentleman by the name of Mike Falcone. And Mike, as you'll hear, he is a key part of how I fell in love with Tesla to begin with. He was a client advisor. You know, he sold Tesla Roadsters at the original Menlo Park showroom long before Tesla had the Tesla factory, long before they had stores and service centers, all over the country and all over the world, when it was basically just one location in Menlo Park, California, to buy a Tesla, and it was the Tesla Roadster, the original Roadster. So uh, Mike sold Roadsters and worked elsewhere in the company, so I thought it would be fun to have him on and talk about those early days in the company. So if you find, if that is not of interest to you, you're welcome to stop the podcast, uh, obviously anytime, but you know after the pro tips, it's... It goes into the interview with Mike, uh, but if you or if you just don't want the pro tips, skip about halfway in, about probably 35 or so minutes is what it should work out to be. If you want to skip straight to the Mike Falcone interview, but I hope you enjoy the show, uh, if not both parts, at least one part. But with that, uh, I'm just going to take a quick little musical interlude, and then we'll get to the 
17 pro tips queued up, kindly sent in by all of you guys over the past number of months. So stay tuned for that. And then the Mike Falcone interview afterwards. Okay, let's get started with the pro tips. I have amassed quite a cache of these. Uh, Thanks to you guys for continuing to call in with these each and every week. You know, when this segment started, however many months ago it was, I thought, okay, well, we'll just see how this goes. And and it just kind of got bigger, which was great. But it got to the point where I couldn't get to them all every week. And then the, the backlog kept growing and growing. But this seems like now a good opportunity while I'm away to play them all for you so you can get some good value out of the show despite me uh, not covering the news for a week. So we'll blast through all these and then we'll go from there. Let's start with Joe in Seattle with a tip about tires. Ryan McCaffrey, it is Joe Edgel in Seattle and I have your pro tip of the day. And this one involves something that I know is near and dear to your heart, tires. Tesla, as you've mentioned on your show, is telling people that if they have a tire puncture, it can only be patched once and can't be patched again. And that is just not true. According to the Tire Industry Association, if the tire punctures are close enough so that the repairs overlap or the tire damage is directly across from each other, then the tire cannot be repaired. But other than that, the association puts no general limits on the number of repairs allowed. I would also note that when I got my first Model S in 2015, Tesla wouldn't repair a tire at all. So I guess the one repair rule is progress. But if you have a second puncture, don't get it repaired at Tesla. Call around and find a place that will do a second patch because those shops do exist. As a bonus tip, Ryan, I would note that the association also says a plug or a patch by itself is not an acceptable repair. They recommend both. Keep up the great work, Ryan, and thanks for the show. Joe, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I'm going to keep that in mind moving forward, though. I'm sure there's got to be some good reason why Tesla says not to do it more than once. Maybe, you know, I don't know if it's possible that the uh, heavier weight of Tesla cars means more than one patch is, is not a good idea, but still... I, I do appreciate the tip. This is definitely something to keep in mind moving forward. Hopefully, I won't have any more nails. I feel like I've had my fair share for a while, but in any case, thanks, Joe. Let's go up to Toronto and talk to Dax, uh, who who says, if you like this, well, there's more where that came from. Hey, Ryan, it's Dax from Toronto. Just calling in about your pro tips question in the last couple of weeks. I know when Will called last week wondering where he can get more pro tips and if uh, there's a centralized place. I meant to call, but I didn't get a chance. So I was really, really tied up and busy with work and family life and all that. But then I heard this week when Ramey called in and he he's put together a, a website. That's a great idea and that's useful and that's going to help a lot of your listeners. But what I wanted to call in about last week was to let you know and, and all your listeners also that I run a YouTube channel. It's called DaxM, D-A-X-M, just those four letters. I have my Model 3 and I deal with all the Model 3 questions and uh, tips and stuff like that. And I've put together a pro series. It's called Pro Tips. And I've got about 10 volumes. And in each volume, there's about five or six tips. And it's a video, obviously. So it's instructional and stuff like that. And I go through step by step on how to do 
basic stuff and uh, and even pro stuff about the Model 3. So it's all about the Model 3, but you know, a lot of the stuff because the Model 3 and the Model S and X are so similar, uh, also work on the Model S and X. So check it out. Once again, it's Dax, M-D-A-X-M on YouTube. Great show. Once again, Ryan, keep up the good work. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Dax, thank you for that. You know, I took a look at your stuff and it's really nicely put together. So glad to share more resources for people out there to go and find this kind of thing. Next up, Hendrik from Quebec uh, has a, a particularly relevant tip, particularly once the winter rolls around again, for those of you in winter climates. Hendrik, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Hendrik. I'm calling from Quebec. This is for a pro tip. And it's my uh, way to give a positive spin to a rather disturbing problem that I am experiencing with my Model 3, which is severe sandblasting of the rocker panels. I discovered it uh, myself after 25,000 kilometers driven, six months into ownership after a harsh winter. So um, the problem is uh, specific spots of the rocker panels right in front of the rear wheels inside the front rear wheel wells and um, most severely under the rocker panels right behind the front wheels in my case it's to the metal and i know that there are at least a hundred other owners here in quebec that have the same problem reported with pictures and everything that i've seen so i'm not alone and the pro tip is install mud guards on your car as soon as you get it um, if you already own your car, check it out uh, in those spots and install mud guards to prevent problems from expanding. I am certain this will show up on every car sooner or later, depending on the road conditions. So, um, yeah, and I'll, I'd, I'd also like to prevent Tesla from accumulating too much of the liability on each car it sells. Um, what annoys me is that the uh, response from Tesla is not coherent from, own, from one owner to the other, as some are being officially turned around after uh, reporting their issue to their service center, while others uh, are getting their car repaired under warranty. So it seems that uh, Tesla is not acknowledging the problem globally yet. Um, so here we go. I hope this helps. Love the show. Take care. Bye. Hendrik, I'm so sorry to hear of this problem. Uh, you know, the pictures you sent me were, were very, very telling on this. Thanks so much for warning others in climates like yours. And, and I hope the repair went well. Obviously, you sent in this call months ago at this point. And I, and, you know, I wonder, I did hear about this a little bit back in the wintertime. And I haven't heard anything about it since. I don't know if we just escaped the season. So it's not a thing right now. Or, you know, if Tesla has addressed the problem or what. So, uh, Henrik, I would be curious to hear back from you, you know, maybe later uh, this, this next winter in another six months or so to, to see how, how things are going uh, with the car. But in any case, appreciate that call. Let's go out to Los Angeles, talk to Joey with a sun visor tip. Go ahead, Joey. Joey from LA again, got a pro tip. You can use the sun visor to actually block the sun when it is shining through the glass roof. Turn out to be kind of handy sometimes. Uh, also, one other thing about the visor, it extends out. A lot of people don't realize that you can uh, pull it out a little bit further when it's on the side. All right. 
This is an excellent tip, Joey, because I have to admit something to you. I haven't even tried extending it out until I heard your call. So that is new information for me. Much appreciated. Up next, uh, we'll stay in Los Angeles with Robert, who has two sentry mode tips. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, Ryan. Robert from Los Angeles here. I just wanted to call in to inform you and the other fine listeners of this podcast about two things regarding sentry mode. The first is quick. You don't need to tap the dashcam button to save sentry mode clips. They will be placed in the save clips folder of your USB stick without any action on your part. And secondly, if you want a way to easily review dashcam and sentry mode footage, check out the website github.com slash marcone slash tesla usb. There you'll find instructions for how to turn a Raspberry Pi, which is a tiny $25 computer, into a USB stick for your car that will automatically move your saved clips to a folder on your computer at home whenever the Raspberry Pi connects to your home Wi-Fi. With that, you won't ever have to go through the hassle of shuttling a USB stick between your car and your computer, or worry about the car filling up the stick and then no longer recording. It can even send your phone a push notification when it's done copying, letting you know when the files are ready to be watched. Well, I hope you and your listeners find this useful. Bye for now. Thank you for those tips, Robert. I'll add on one more just to piggyback on this. Uh, There is a third-party software that somebody made called Sentry Keeper. And what that does is it's it's a software program for your computer that will stitch all three videos together, the front cam, the left repeater, and the right repeater, so you can see them all together at once and be able to scrub through. So that uh, may be of use to people as well. Let's go now. Let's see. We've got Steve in Seattle with a tip if you ever take a factory tour at Tesla. This is an interesting story. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Ryan. Steve in Seattle. Uh, Calling with a funny pro tip slash story from last week. Um, So I was down at WWDC in San Jose, and I had arranged for a factory tour on Friday at 11. Anyway, I take an Uber up there. get there, walk in the showroom. The guy says, are you here for the tour? I said, yeah. And he looks down at my shorts and says, oh, those aren't going to work. Uh, no shorts on the tour. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, that was clearly in the email, the email I neglected to read, apparently. Anyway, so he said, well, there's a target 10 minutes from here, but uh, that wouldn't have worked because I, first of all, had no car. And second of all, I had to catch a flight in two hours. Um, so what I did is I walked out in the parking lot and uh, there was a guy getting out of his car and I said, hey, uh, you happen to have any pants? And the guy said, no, sorry, man. Uh, so I started walking away and then he goes, oh, wait a second. And he goes to his trunk, uh, pulls out a pair of rain pants that he had in his truck there in his car. They were like the green fluorescent rain pants. Um, anyway, he hands them to me. He said, hey, if you want them, they're free. And I said, okay. And uh, really cool guy. Um, I think his name was Amon. He was there to test drive a Model 3. Um, anyway, I put on the rain pants, walked back in the showroom, and the guy gave me a thumbs up and everybody thought it was a pretty funny story. Um, so I got the tour and... Uh, it was a great tour, by the way, and uh, totally recommend it. And just wanted to say, pro tip, you can't wear shorts on the factory tour. Anyway, loved your Elon interview, and keep up the good work. Talk to you soon. Bye. Wow. In case anybody out there had any doubts as to the kindness of the Tesla community, a random guy just gave Steve pants so that he could do the factory tour. Steve, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And I should note for everybody else, Steve followed up in an email to me and mentioned that he donated the pants to the tour showroom. So if you're ever there and you find yourself in such in that same situation, you, where you're wearing shorts and you don't have pants, they're there and they're under the front desk. Just ask for them. 
Let's go now to Dan in North Carolina uh, about service mode. And if you should happen to find yourself stuck in that after a service appointment. Go ahead, Dan. Hey, Ryan. Dan from North Carolina. I would like to thank you for what you do. I really do enjoy your podcast every week. And the interview with Elon was exceptional. My pro tip would be if anyone had a problem that I recently incurred, I might have a fix. I was to pick up my car after hours at the service center and it was still in the service mode. Apparently a software update had flipped the car back into service mode without anyone knowing. I obviously could not get the car that night but was told the next day, should this happen, to hold the T logo down for five seconds and type in service in the box that popped up, and this would disable the service mode. Again, I hope no one needs it, but it might be a good trick for someone to know in the future. Thanks for what you do. That is another one that I did not know about. Dan, thank you so much. Appreciate that call. Off now to Bakersfield, California, to Andrew, who I got to meet very briefly at the Model Y event. Uh, Another sentry mode tip here. This is actually kind of piggybacking a little off the the last one and a little more here. So, Andrew, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Andrew out of Bakersfield, California. We actually briefly met at the YouTuber's dinner just before the Model Y event. Such a great event. Well, I'm calling in regards to Raphael's call last week about the Tesla Cam and sentry mode videos and viewing them mobily. He had mentioned that the largest drive you could use was a 32 gigabyte USB drive and FAT32. Actually, you can easily get around that by just using a third party utility like GUI FAT32 or ESIS Partition Master. I personally use a 256 gigabyte SanDisk wireless connect drive. The pro tip I wanna add is everybody should be using the sentry view app on iOS. It was developed by the same developer who did the Stats app on iOS, the third-party control and monitoring for your Tesla. This app is great because it'll automatically connect to the SanDisk drive and allow you to view all three cameras at the same time, so your left, center, and right time-synced. And you can jog through the footage using the slider. It's really easy to use. You just unmount the drive on the Tesla screen by pushing and holding the Tesla cam icon until it flashes and goes gray. Take the drive out, turn on the Wi-Fi, open the Century View app, and it'll automatically connect to that drive and allow you to view the videos. You can find more information about this on my Twitter at Alan Rescue or at the developer's Twitter at Stats Tesla app. Hope this helps everybody out. Drive safe. Andrew, thank you for that. Sentry, uh, Sentry View. I knew there was another one. There were two of them, two of them that the community has made, and I couldn't remember the other one. So thank you so much for that. Very in-depth stuff. Really appreciate it. Let's go to a regular caller, Ron in Nashville. Haven't heard from Ron in a little bit. Uh, he has a tip on the seating in your Tesla. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, Ryan. Ron from Nashville. Hope you're doing well. Um thought of a potential pro tip. I don't know if this is really worthy of being a pro tip, but I've noticed that when I put stuff in my back seat, I get the the little red badge of 
seatbelt unbuckled. Um, pretty simple solution is just to to buckle the seatbelts in the back and just leave them buckled at all times. Um, so I don't know if that bothers anybody else, but I, I just don't like having any red red uh, uh, notices on my dashboard when I'm driving. As a side note, um, my wife is away with my Model S, and I am driving her Model 3 for the week. And boy, it is really a fantastic car. I love it. I must say, I still prefer my S, but um, if, if I had my way, I would just get myself one of each an S, an X, and a 3, and who knows, may, and maybe a Y even. Who knows, maybe that's in our future. Anyway, as always, love the show, and uh, take care. Bye. Ron, if you'll allow me to piggyback on this one and, and add on a little bit to it, there's an even easier way to get rid of those seatbelt detector alerts. If you just tap them when they pop up on the screen, it will switch it to a car seat mode, and it will then stop bothering you. Cheers, my friend. Thanks for that. But wait, Ron <laughs> called called in weeks later uh, with another pro tip. So here he is again uh, with one more. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, Ryan. Ron from Nashville. Um, calling to uh, let you know about something I discovered uh, today that um, people may not know. It's maybe a pro tip. Um so I, I powered off my car last week, and when I, I powered it back on, the clock came back on in Eastern time instead of Central time. And uh, looked it up on Tesla Motor Club blog, and sure enough, if you tap the time three times, it resets to the time zone of your GPS. So it's something uh, I didn't know, and I was glad to find, and uh, hopefully not a lot of people will have this problem. But there's an easy fix if it happens, if you power off and you end up with the wrong time zone. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. That's an interesting one. Thanks, Ron. The only thing close to that that I've had is when I crossed the California-Arizona state border from one time zone to another back over the holidays. It didn't change times in the car right away because uh, that was when Arizona doesn't do daylight saving for those of you who aren't aware. So, so sometimes Arizona is on the same time as California and sometimes it's not. But anyway, it took, if I remember right, until I think it was until I stopped to charge up at the next supercharger before it righted itself, if I'm remembering that correctly. Anyway, thank you, Ron, for both of those. Let's go now to another familiar caller, Joe from New York with an update on a pro tip he called in with a while back. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, Ryan, it's Joe from New York. Good to uh, speak to you again. I wanted to give you an update on a pro tip that I had left uh, a couple months ago. I don't know if I was simply missing it or perhaps what I think was is a software update. So I had spoken about uh, resetting the computer while you were driving and how it affects your turn signals and braking indications. Well, now I've found that when you do brake and when you do use your turn signals while you don't hear anything or see anything inside the car because the computer is rebooting, the signals are actually working outside of the car at this point. So uh, I'm going to go with it that it was a software update because I think I really uh, checked it out before I told you that in the first place. Uh, so kudos to Tesla for that. Take care. 
Thank you, Joe. I know that wasn't a pro tip per se, but it's nevertheless useful information for people, so I did want to go ahead and play this. I mean, the lesson from Joe is don't worry about rebooting your computer while the car is in motion if you need to do it, like if something on the screen glitches or whatever. The core car systems will still work. That's the good news. Tesla thought of that. Bob from Austin, another regular, is up next with his uh, pro tip regarding the parking brake. Go ahead, Bob. Hello, Ryan. This is Bob from Austin here with a pro tip. I just had an amazing experience with a mobile technician who came to my home to perform service. I think he's been with Tesla since the original Roadster, and his depth of knowledge was excellent. I recently had viewed a YouTube video that gave the impression that when you tap the button on the shift lever, the parking brake is not set until you tapped and held it for a couple of seconds. That was not good information. When you tap the button, the electric parking brake does set. You can usually hear it. That's all I ever do, and he said that's just about all anyone ever does. However, if you hold the button in for a couple of seconds, the red parking brake indicator lights up on your display, the dash for the Model S and X and the display screen for the Model 3, and you can hear the parking brake set again. What it is doing is grabbing even tighter. He said if you're parked on a steep hill and want to ensure a tight brake, you should do that. But it wasn't a good idea or necessary as common practice because it makes the electric brake work harder than it has to. Very interesting, Bob. I do use that on occasion, given that I live in very, very hilly San Francisco. Thanks so much for calling in with that one. Johnny from Prince Edward Island is up next. He's a recent Standard Range Plus owner and has uh, an app feature to discuss. Hi, Ryan. It's Johnny from Prince Edward Island, Canada here. First time, long time. I'm happy to report that on July the 1st, 2019, uh, a.k.a. Canada Day here, uh, our family took delivery of our Tesla Model 3 Standard Range Plus, and we absolutely love it. So I just wanted to bring to, to your attention a feature of the app that I didn't know existed, even after two years of research into Tesla and electric vehicles. There's a bit of a backstory. Since we're new to the car, we're not really familiar with everything yet, and my wife had it out one hot Sunday morning. As she was unfamiliar with it, I wanted to make sure that it was preconditioned for her, so I loaded the app, and I thought it'd be nice and cool it down for her. Lo and behold, before my eyes, it showed the car in park, then in reverse, and then showed the car in drive and proceeded to tell me the speed in which the car was going. I had no idea that was available on the app. What a great feature, right? If you loan out your car to a family or friend, if you have a valet, or if you're like us, we're going to have teenagers in the house soon. You want to keep an eye on the car. What a great idea. Anyways, that's it. I just thought I'd share this feature for your, uh, any of your newer listeners out there who may not know. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Keep up the great work. See ya. Thanks, Johnny. I had heard about this one, but you're right. It's not really advertised or showcased or documented anywhere. You, you just kind of have to stumble on it if you don't otherwise know. So, yes, let's go ahead and call this one a pro tip. Cheers to you. Let's head over to Denver, Colorado now and talk to Doug, who has a tip about Slacker, the, of course, the uh, streaming radio slash internet music service provider provided in uh, most of the Teslas other than the standard range and standard range pluses. So go ahead, Doug. Hey, Ryan, Doug from Denver. Hope you're doing well. Um, I had a pro tip for you, but before I got into that, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. 
I think uh, most all your listeners uh, have appreciated your honesty over the years and really just the way you handle things uh, related to Tesla, uh, both on the podcast and then also from a social media perspective. So um, uh, I know a lot of people tell you this, but it is, uh, definitely is greatly appreciated. Uh, anyway, pro tip. So um, our audio system in the Model 3s is, is just superb, as we know. Um, but, um, as we may not know, the Slacker radio, um, from a streaming perspective, uh, albeit I know some people don't care for it, but I, I do use it quite a bit. The audio quality, the, the, uh, their highest quality of audio that they provide is actually not a standard, uh, with our Tesla subscription. Um, what you can do is you can actually sign up for their plus program. Um, I found a, a Groupon code at like nine ninety nine for a full year subscription with this. Uh, when you log into your Tesla, you just uh, basically log into your account and you're going to be logged in under this plus account, which in effect gives you the highest bit quality uh, audio to come in through your car system. So again, the standard Tesla account is not giving you this highest bit quality, but when you do sign up for the plus uh, that is giving you the highest quality would actually which actually takes the system from sounding really good to great so anyway that's my pro tip I think it's pretty cost effective um, I've been using it now for oh a good nine months uh, and it uh, it does make a difference hope you're doing well take care bye Doug thank you for those kind words seriously and thanks for that tip I believe Tesla provides if I memory serves a 64. Uh, K bit rate. So I wonder if the subscription that you're referring to does 96 or maybe even 128. Either way, though, that is a helpful note. Thank you so much. Mike from Kirkland, Washington, uh, calling in with something he learned a little, a little ways into his ownership. The perfect thing for this segment. You stumble on something and it turns out to be a useful tip for everybody. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Ryan, this is Mike from Kirkland, Washington. And I'm calling with the pro tip. I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't really know uh, this was a thing until about a year after I, I got the car. But, you know, when you put the car into autopilot, you do the, the stock down twice. You actually don't have to hit the stock all the way down. You can actually just hit it partially down, just with a little half click, and it will still do it. Anyway, that's my pro tip. Mike, thank you for this, because uh, I've never really thought about this, to be perfectly honest with you. I think I've probably done it both ways without even realizing it, but this is great to know regardless, so thank you so much for that. Two more for you that left in the, in the stash, in the pile after all these months. Uh, Brad uh, is up next with what he calls a niche pro tip. Let's hear what he has to say. Go ahead, Brad. Hey, Ryan. I, uh calling in again this is brad with priceless got a pro tip although admittedly a very 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 niche pro tip i was uh looked stopped to look at a house that was for sale in a nearby coveted neighborhood and from their driveway in the car i was able to zoom in on the model 3 screen and see that there was an in-ground pool out back which is something i'm completely not interested in so without having to get out of the car and go through the uh, formality of in meeting the realtor, etc., I could tell I didn't want the property and left, left on my merry way. So, again, 
pretty rarely used, but interesting all the same. Take care. Keep up the good work. Brad, this might be the first time a Tesla has ever been used for real estate surveillance. Uh, good old Google Maps satellite view. I'm glad to hear that it saved you some small talk. So real estate shoppers out there, take heed of Brad's suggestion. And the final pro tip I've got uh, left over in the, in the vault here comes from Brian in Pennsylvania and has a note about a seat adjustment that some of you may or may not have learned. Just in case here, we'll cover our bases. Brian, you have the floor. Hey, Ryan, it's Brian from Pennsylvania calling in again. Um, this time with a tip and trick that may be useful for some of our listeners, or your listeners. Um, so uh, an individual at my work had noted that his seats in the front were very uncomfortable for him and his wife. And I had, you know, discussed with him how I thought the seats were incredibly comfortable. Uh, not the best out there, but certainly not the worst. Um, and I said, have you messed with the lumbar support? And he said, yeah, it's, it's okay, you know, up, down, left, right. And I was like, oh, it's not four-way adjustable, actually. And in fact, it is eight-way adjustable. And here's that tip and trick for everyone that you, some people may not know. Um, it is, in fact, eight-way adjustable with two inflatable airbags. Um, and each of these can be controlled either simultaneously or individually. Um, so your standard up on that lumbar support, down and left and right, will control both airbags simultaneously, inflating or deflating both, um, depending on which way you're pointing that controller. Um, but the, you know, the spaces in between those angles, like the uh, Midwest, uh, you know, Southwest um, type um, adjustments, Southwest, Northwest, um, you know, those types of things. Um, so there's four additional spots in between. Those will actually control the lumbar support individually. The two bottom ones will control the lower airbag, and the two upper ones will control the upper airbag. There's actually a video on YouTube that's very useful. Um, if people want to search for it, all you have to type in um, on YouTube is Tesla Model 3 Lumbar, um, and you should be able to find it. Uh, it's a... Uh, guy with uh you know he's bald and he's able to really help you out just say it straight up um you know this is how you do it he does it for you um in real time on in the video um but yeah i figured i'd share that uh that really helped the individual in my office uh find some comfort um or at least i hope it does uh i'm not sure how that turned out for him just yet i'll see him next week but um yeah i really hope that can help uh everyone else so uh thanks for all you do again ryan bye Thanks for this, Brian. You know, people might know about that, but it's entirely possible that they don't. I have to say, I love that lumbar support. I have it kind of inflated all the way down there, and I got a lot more comfortable in my seat when I pumped mine up. It really seemed to help my posture and my comfort. So thanks, Brian. Thanks to all of you who've been calling in with the pro tips over the, the last number of months since I started doing this segment. And the thing, though, now is... I'm now out of pro tips, so in order for this segment to continue, I will need you guys to call in with some more. If you've got some more, you can do that by uh, one of two ways. You know, it's the usual ride the lightning hotline way, but since I haven't done the hotline, 
on this episode. Let me give you the recap again. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record the pro tip, please try to keep it to a minute and a half or less, and you can email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call and leave a message anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number, and to get to it, just dial up 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And with that, let me take a quick breather, and then we'll come back with part two, the sort of other big segment here in this uh, vacation episode while I'm away. More new content for you, the interview with uh, an old friend, and I'll, uh, I'll set that up for you in just a second. I'm welcoming a very special guest this week, Mike Falcone. Now, you may not know his name, but Mike uh, is very significant to me because, Mike, you're a, you're a key part of my Tesla origin story. And while that may not be necessarily of interest to my audience, you were a Tesla employee in, uh, in the early days. Get what window specifically? Yes, that was uh, the beginning of 2009 until... Uh, a little over a year later. I think it was like 14 months. So I don't know, call it February 09 to March or April 2010, something along those lines. I'm sure I've got it written down somewhere. So what do you mean people don't know who I am? (laughs) I'm totally famous in my own mind. Well, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) it's fair enough, but, but really what's, what's interesting to me is, and what I think I just need to contextualize for, for some of my listeners maybe is, Again, when you go back to your window of time with Tesla, there was no Tesla factory. There oh, was yeah. no Model S. It was a it was a rolling mule mock-up that sat one of which sat in your showroom in Menlo mm-hmm. Park. True. And so I thought it would just be interesting to, I mean, hopefully for the audience, but definitely for me like I I I catch up with you from time to time, but I've never really picked your brain about what working at Tesla was like in that period, especially through the lens of what you've seen them do in the 10 years since then. Yeah. So I thought, let's just start. What you joined? Okay. So you joined in 09. Do you remember what employee number you were at that point in time? Uh, so it's funny you asked because I asked the same question and they would never tell me. Huh. Everywhere else, I have an employee number, but at yeah. Tesla, I don't know if maybe they were ashamed of what the number was, um, <laughs> in a good way or a bad way. I don't know. Right. Um, at the time I joined, they were there were about two or three hundred employees. Yeah, um, they had just started delivering cars a few months prior at the end of two thousand eight. Right, and. Actually, that was one of their first layoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe their first significant layoff. Uh, and all hiring was kind of shut down. So I was one of uh, uh, one of the few people that were hired in that time period, or I right. guess right after that time period. Um, and yeah, so it, it was one of those things, which I believe he's back to where, where you hear Elon saying that he's going to personally approve every single hire because they're yeah. watching every dollar. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember I had to change um, uh, the woman that I was uh, 
working with, uh, or I guess interviewing with, had told me, uh, I had a very short uh, voice message at the time. It was just, hello, you've reached Mike. And then it would beep. That's it. Right. And okay. it was like, I'm trying to be respectful of people's time. Sure. Um, but I was also working for Apple at the time. So it was okay to be goofy. Um, and uh, she was like, hey, so Elon has your phone number and he's going to call you and interview you. And it would probably be a good idea if you changed your voicemail. Like it's a little too abrupt and if he's taken off guard, then he just won't like that. And like, huh. we're going nowhere. And I was like, okay. So it was like, you know, thank you for calling Mike Falcone. Please leave a message after the beep. You know, I, I had to, so, uh, I, I got to jump in on this because I didn't realize. So, okay. So you, cause you were a, uh, what was your official title in, in Menlo park there at the showroom? Ooh, well, the first one, um, because I had a few in my okay. time, um, it was you, something you like customer, right? Yes, yes. It yeah. was like it was like customer relations yeah. m- management or, or service or okay. something along those lines. I was I was a uh, I was in sales. Yeah. Um, at that time, uh, well, and probably still, they very much wanted to be the Apple of the car company. Right. And I was one of the earliest people that actually had worked at Apple that they hired. And maybe the only person in retail that they hired. So they're like, we want to like figure out what this Apple magic is. And because Apple very famously does not uh, pay commission to their employees at the store. It's just, you know, find the perfect solution for them, even if it's the cheapest thing. And that's what they were like, hey, we want that. We don't want we don't want pushy car salesmen. We don't want that. Like we want to do it like Apple. So like do that. And that lasted for at least a month before, uh, I guess, car sales as a company hadn't been where they wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, so we're changing all your pay structures. You're now getting paid half what you were, and you have to sell this many cars oh, wow. to, to make up the rest of your salary. Wow. So, uh yeah, it was uh that is the that is the shortest <laughs> earliest example of like wow, this is going to be a roller coaster ride. But back up for a second. So inter- Elon Musk uh did your interview. Oh, no. So no. thankfully, no. Uh <laughs> so uh, uh he was too busy, I'm sure, as he always is. So I wound up going up to San Francisco uh, for Macworld in 2009. Um and uh, my, uh, I had a friend working there at the time. His name's John Rokos. And he's the one who had kind of, I had never heard of Tesla. He's the person who introduced me to him. Yeah. He had been talking to some people there like, hey, I've got this friend, Mike. I think he'd be good. So he arranged for me to interview with some people. So I wound up having, I think it was five interviews wow. in, in three hours on a Monday morning. And then later that week, they called and offered me a job. And That's I was cool. relocating from San Diego to San Francisco. And so, all right. So you start and you, you've you got, you, you're obviously learning everything you can about the Tesla Roadster, which is Tesla's one and only vehicle at the time. What, what was your, uh, what do you remember about the first time you took the Roadster out for a drive? Because my first time driving it was with you. And I've told <laughs> that story uh, on episode one of this show. So I'm kind of curious what, when you first drove it, uh, particularly in the context of someone whose job is, is going to be to sell the cars, 
What did you think of it? Oh, I mean, I was completely, completely blown away. Um, be, from like, and not just because it's an electric car, like because I'm already a car geek. I have a 1969 Pontiac GTO, so like, so John DeLorean I, made vehicle, my friend. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, I, I already had some like, you know. I guess muscle car experience, yeah. not that the the roadster would be considered a muscle car, but like, you know, I understood like what good acceleration was like. And of course the, the roadster just like blew that out of the water. I was like, this is just unbelievable. And you know, my first time I, I rode as a passenger, just like you yeah. and somebody gave me the rundown. And then, uh, when somebody, when it was my turn to get behind the wheel, it was just I mean, uh, I know that you've talked so much about the unbelievable uh, performance of a Tesla, and I, uh, there are just no words. It was uh, on test drives when people would just freak out, which uh, I mean, it was so it was such a fun job. Like just <laughs> uh, put somebody in this, put somebody in the passenger seat, and like go take them for a ride, and they're like, you know, freaking out the second you hit the accelerator. Um, <laughs> And it, and it never got old. Um, and I'd just be like, yeah, you know, I feel like we're conditioned at this point to handle about two seconds of acceleration because <laughs> even, even in an automatic, there's like a little hesitation while right. it's trying to find the next gear. Yeah. And when you accelerate for two straight seconds, right at the point where your body is about to be like, okay, this is like really something going on here. Instead of a hesitation, you continue accelerating through that. Um, you know, it's like it's like a roller coaster. Exactly. It's just like totally linear acceleration. There's there's nothing else like electric car acceleration. So totally so you, bonkers. Yeah, you know, because I I had the same. I remember. Uh, all right, so you know, I've told the story on episode one, but you know, we did the DeLorean Club event that I somehow yeah. got in t- contact with you, and I believe uh, it was you and Dan. Uh, I can't, uh-huh. remember, I can't remember Dan's last name at the moment. You probably will. But, I do. Um, uh, Dan Migan. That's it. Yes. Uh, and you guys were so nice. You had our DeLorean club out cause uh, you showed us the back building where the final assembly happened, where the gliders from Lotus would get made it to the, the battery, uh, packs and the PEMs. And, and then, you know, I, I've, I wrote to, I wrote you guys back to, to thank you the next day. Cause we had this great event. We had 17 DeLoreans turn up, which was more than we'd ever had in an event. And, and to your eternal credit, in fact, one might say that you are the reason that this podcast exists right now, because you said, I I didn't, you said you want to come take a drive. And while I'm sure not going to turn that down. And I just remember, you know, obviously being so excited and I show up and you, you hand me the key and we get in and we head out up Sand Hill Road towards 280. Mm-hmm. And I remember the cloverleaf on-ramp to get onto 280 uh, heading south. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm, you know, driving the car through that. And you, you were like, get on it. Look, come on, let's go hit it. Like you were, you were egging me on. And I'm like, this is a hundred in my head. I'm like, this is a $110,000 car. I don't know if I should be doing this, but you yeah. were just like, you could not have been more fun. And I just like, it, I, what were some of the other reactions you got from people? Cause you know, I, I, I obviously had no intention to buy, I had no money, but for the people right. that had $110,000 in their pocket that were really considering this car, like what were some of those test drives like with people? 
Well, so I'm happy that you talk about the fun, even though it's obvious, it's still good to hear because I mean, it was always fun for me. And that was, I definitely tried to, I recognized that we were, I, I was in a temporary moment in time and there's no way this was going to last because at that time, Tesla was very small and because of my location, there were there were there was always another car coming through and so all the test drive cars even for other stores started at the Menlo Park location because yeah. that's where final assembly was yeah. so i under the uh <laughs> context of being able to speak knowledgeably about my product that i'm selling could take a car uh, i could take a car home every night of the week wow and i would I, 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 this house that I was renting, uh, had a garage and then sta- like it was kind of under the house. So it was the interior stairs to get up. Yeah. So I would, I would pull it into the garage and park and then I would walk halfway up the stairs and I would turn around and take a picture. And I was trying to see how many different color roadsters <laughs> I could have parked in my parking spot. Like I, I definitely tried to have as much fun with it as I as I could. And that even goes down to, uh, my business card because, um, I, I once read this story about the Apple Macintosh team. Um, when they started, uh, getting more official, they had to get business cards and job titles. They were all just coders back then. So, uh, I think, I don't know. I've never known how to pronounce it correctly. I think his name was Burrell Smith. Um, he picked, uh, so he said his job title was hardware wizard <laughs> and, and Andy Hertzfeld was the original software engineer. So he immediately took software wizard and I was like, okay, so I can't be sales wizard. Cause that'll just be too confusing. <laughs> so, uh, when I ran out of my first batch of business cards, I, uh, I, I sent a message to the woman saying, Hey, I'm out of business cards, but I need two sets. I need my uh, normal first set. Ah, client advisor. Yeah. That's what my okay. job first job title was, client advisor. And I was like, but I need a second set. And for job title, I need you to put sales guy extraordinaire. <laughs> All three words, sales guy extraordinaire. And those are the ones that I wound up giving out, uh, you know, with all the people who would walk in. Yeah. And everybody laughed at it. And it actually sold cars wow. because they're like, oh, wow, sales guy extraordinaire. You must be really good at what you do. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, I try not to brag. And they're like, all right, so I suppose you're going to tell us about all these different options. Well, I do like the all leather interior. And it was just like this weird yucking it up, <laughs> like totally tongue in cheek conversation. They were like, well, I mean, they don't, I don't suppose there's like anything else that you need to tell us about. Well, have you considered the, the battery warranty? Um, but it's like, they asked all these like jokingly leading questions right. that I jokingly answered. And they're like, all right, well, I mean, he's the sales guy extraordinaire. So sign me up. Um, and I still can't believe it worked, well, but, uh, that, that's sort of- so to get back to your yeah, initial question, um, Yes. I mean, uh, most people totally freaked out. Um, there were definitely some different. So there's probably, a, had... there's probably a lot of skepticism back then because there's still skepticism now. But back then, oh, it yeah. must have been, oh, yeah. you know, you must have you must have taken an exceptional pride in and or a joy in taking a, a, a full on skeptic and then just completely flipping them by the end of your time with them. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, that so I <laughs> I remember one in particular because I wasn't in one of the official test drive cars. I was in what was called a VP, which is for validation prototype. Yeah. So they would build these cars kind of before just to make sure, like, okay, like, did everything work out the way it was supposed to? And uh, that car lived a hard life and always had, like, random things being tried out on it. And I remember uh, I've got this uh, prospect in the passenger seat. And, I, you know, I pull out on the road and I floor it. And the head unit, the the radio, the head unit starts backing out oh, no. of of the dashboard and i just reached like it was probably like 4 or 5 inches out like too much farther <laughs> and it would have fallen out of the dashboard and i just like tried to calmly reach over and push it back in i'm like how's that for acceleration uh, <laughs> you know like so fast that we can't keep the radio screwed down i was like oh my god we're never using that car for test drives again guys that like somebody needs to put some screws in that um but all the other ones yeah it was just pure delight and a lot of fun And that's you know sort of um it brings me to to my next question for you which is like and i've talked about this on the podcast before too about sort of the the spirit of tesla particularly in those days where like if I had if I had ever somehow set up a DeLorean club event with Ferrari for whatever reason, which probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. happened because they didn't have anything in common, really. The way, come on, mid engine. No, <laughs> well, you got this. Come DeLoreans on, DeLoreans were rear engine, Mike. But um, well, yeah. But anyway, um, you could lie to the <laughs> Ferrari guy. But like, uh, uh, you know, I if if I said I'd like to take a test drive. Uh, I would have been laughed, literally laughed, prob- probably. I guess I can't speak for sure because I've never tried it. But odds are I would have been laughed out of Ferrari, or at least before, especially if they had done a credit check on me at the time. <laughs> but whereas Tesla, my point is, Tesla seemed to have this spirit of, it's like you guys knew that if people just experienced the car, they would instantly get it. And so I feel like, you know, at least I definitely in my experience, I was handed the keys to roadsters on multiple occasions uh, for various things that I, that I was doing and I won't bore you with them now, but, but Tesla <laughs> seemed to really have a, a very like just open door policy of, Oh, you want to, you want to check this out? Let's go, go ahead. Well, there was definitely a time when we were actually targeting test drives because for exactly what you're talking about, like there's going to be skeptics, but like, we just need to get people in the car and then they're going to believe. And we were trying, I mean, someone was trying to do math, like, Oh, if every 20 test drives, we sell one, that just means we need to try and do like a hundred test drives a day or, right. you know, something or, or a week. And really as a sales strategy, it wasn't, it was one person in particular that was, that was driving that initiative. And, I ulti- my ultimate uh, commentary on it was that it was backwards because what would happen is somebody would t- take it for a test drive, absolutely love it, and then they'd be like, oh, but like, where am I going to charge this? And like, does it really make any sense? And, th- and then like the skepticism would yeah, sit in. Yeah, they talk in. themselves and- out of it. 
Yes. And the way that actually made more sense was, okay, you're interested in a car. Uh, let We don't have to worry about a test drive yet because you're going to love it. Like, have you looked into what kind of power you have? Um, let's see if we can get an electrician to stop by to see, to make sure you, everything's good on that front. So if, if you could get somebody to understand all the things that it's going to mean to be an electric car owner first, then the test drive wound up pushing them over the sure, edge. Sure, that makes, t- makes, so makes like if you sense. Could, yeah, so if you could bring up all that stuff ahead of time, um, that is, the, after you drive it, it's like, oh my God, yes, I don't it's care. Like it, it, like, <laughs> yeah. How many? Uh, and actually, I think I, I think I actually know the precursor to the DeLorean event. Uh, there was a video game release that had a Tesla character in it. For uh, that, yeah, Forza Forza Motorsport Four, I believe it was. Uh, there you go. So that was hosted at the Menlo Park. So I don't. I kind of the way I remember it, that was actually maybe the first time that I met you. Oh, oh no, you and, know it was Dark Void. It was this game by because they were uh, they were yes. giving away a roadster yes. as part of their marketing campaign. Yes, Dark Void, uh, and then uh, okay. it was like oh. I, I don't know if you had driven your DeLorean, but somehow I, think I did. Yeah, I'm sure I showed up in it. So then it was, hey, can we have a DeLorean event? Yeah. So I think that was the chicken and the egg. <laughs> um, how many how many roadsters did you sell? How many are you responsible for on the road right now? Um, Do you remember? Oh man, I should I should really have an answer for that. I know that it's uh, I had figured it out to be. Once I got to like a million dollars, I was like, okay, there's more than a million dollars. I mean, which is, would only be 10, but, uh, I know, I'm not sure how many more than that it was, but, uh, because of, because I actually only wound up doing sales for the first several months. And then they switched me to customer service because we had, uh, (laughs) like everything at Tesla, it's still a very reactionary company. Um, one of the all-time greatest quotes from uh, one of my bosses there, uh, I guess I'm fine with, I guess first names are okay, Doreen. Um, she said, we're like six-year-olds playing soccer. Everybody follows the ball. Nobody stays in position. <laughs> and it is so true because it was like, we need everybody on sales to try and meet these goals. And then we had sold a bunch of cars and they finally came over from Lotus and were yeah. built. And there were times when there was like 30 or 40 or 50 roadsters packed into the garage. Wow. It was like, we need to get these delivered. We need everybody to switch to deliveries. So I got switched to customer service and had to arrange for, for all these people that had been waiting for five wow, years. Yeah. Um, and that was that was like a ton of fun because I got to meet all these really interesting people that had a lot of disposable income at a time that uh, was I mean it was two thousand nine like the, crash, the financial yeah. crisis yeah it had it had just happened so to to be able to buy that kind of car during that time period and you know brief aside for all the people to, to all these shorters to all the people that are like Tesla's Tesla's going to go out of business to all the haters um I just need to jump in and be like if we if we if Tesla made it through the if Tesla made it through creating a car company yeah. in the worst financial market since the great depression then like what are you guys talking about there's like 
How many? How many? How many Teslas are on the road now? Is oh, it tens of thousands, over, hundreds over of thousands? Over half a million now. Right. So hundreds of thousands of cars out there. Like, shut up with they're going to go out of business every day. I'm okay. Sorry. End rant. Uh, but yeah, no. I remember. I remember uh, when you gave us the tour of the final assembly building. There was a whiteboard with customer names and VINs and the sort of status. And like those were, there was this long list of people that you were, you know, having to finish and get cars to. It was crazy. Um, but yeah. yeah, before I let you go, cause it's, uh, I've already kept you a little while, but I'm kind of, I want to ask you about what you think of Tesla now. Obviously you, you haven't worked there in some time, but I know you've been following along. So I'm sort of curious oh, yeah, what, what you think of, you know, uh, of, of where and how far they've come and where they're going. So I'm still 100% a Tesla fan. And it, it actually goes back to what I was thinking back then, because I left Apple arguably during that time, like one of the, this is like a year and a half after they launched the iPhone. There's nowhere to go but up. Like it was the most stable company in the universe for the craziest company in the universe. <laughs> and all, all during those times where I had these like twinges of like job insecurity uh, f- from, from the viewpoint of like, God, I hope we don't go out of business next month. Uh, it wasn't like, Oh, I hope I don't like do something wrong and get fired. It was like, I hope we stay in business. Um, and what I told myself the whole time was, the car is just too good. The technology is too good. There's no way, even if they ultimately failed, this is what this is me telling myself this 10 years ago. Right. Even if they failed, somebody's going to buy them. Daimler's going to buy like th- this this technology is too good. It's going to be put to use by somebody else. So like there's no there's no way that it's it's just going to disappear off the planet. So these days, I, I, I mean, it's just so much fun. I have, uh, so I have multiple family members that own Teslas now. And I remember when I got behind the wheel of, uh, one of them had gotten a model S, a, a fairly early number model S. And I had this crazy, like, I, I didn't, I was like, this is like, I had this emotional moment. I was like, this is the real thing. Because I had actually driven the the Model S prototype during the launch event. Oh wow! And yeah. which uh, I mean, everything along the way. You know, I I know everybody has insecurities, and everybody feels like, am I like just making this up? Like, am I just a big phony? And I'm no I'm no different. I go through that too. And I'm like, they, did they really just say they want me to drive people around in the one of a kind Model S prototype? <laughs> like, what if I wow. what if I mess this thing up? Um, and all of a sudden fast forward all these years later and I was behind the real thing and I was just like, oh my God, we, Full circle. we did it. They did it. It's yeah. real. Like this is the real thing. And it was just this unbelievable goosebumps moment. Like, I can't believe I'm, I'm driving this real thing. And, and he had put a deposit down when I was an employee just because yeah. he was trying to, you know support his family member. And I'm like, this is the real thing. So when I look at it now, um, yeah, it is converted some of the most, the last people that I ever would have imagined. I have family members that are like, they were Chevy driving 
like le- oil leaking American car drivers that now have two Teslas in the family, have solar panels <laughs> on their roof and two Tesla walls to uh, to or two Tesla power, power walls, walls. Yes. yes, to to power everything. And th- like you know, twelve years ago, there's no way in a million years that that ever would have happened. So. Um, you know, I in some in so many ways, I'm sure things are completely different, and yet, are they really that different? Didn't Elon at the beginning of the year say like, "Uh, we're going to close all retail stores"? I'm like, okay, yeah, they're still the same company. So, uh, you know, I mean, they're they're definitely the newest car company uh, compared to all the other American auto manufacturers. So, you know, they're still relatively young. They're learning. It's the, yeah, it's the startup startup but, spirit remains alive. But yeah, well I mean, I Tesla. so I worked at Apple uh, when Steve Jobs was there, and remember walking past him uh, on the way into uh, one infinite loop, the corporate headquarters, and I'm like, oh my god, that was Steve Jobs, and 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 Elon was very much the same thing. It was like you just kind of wanted yeah. to stare. But you, as an employee, you were also terrified. It was like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't ask, ask me a question, because if I don't have the answer, I'm going to get fired. So, uh, you know, he's done amazing things. I, I'm happy to see how much fun, more, much more fun he seems to be having these days. Um, you know, I, yeah. I support in the ways that I can. I am an owner of uh, not a flamethrower um, <laughs> and... Uh, follow all these things. Um, but really, I guess what it comes down to is I have to send him a tweet to see if I'm still eligible for a commission. Now that you are an official Tesla owner, if I can get a retroactive right commission, because I sold you, it took it 10 years, it it's took true. nine or it's 10 true. years, you're hundred percent. but right. I definitely sold you're 100% you, but really, right. I mean, the car sold you. So give credit where credit's due. That's true. All right. Uh, before I let you go, Mike, you got, I got to know, you know, you sold the Roadster, the original vision, the original idea of making an electric car cool. What did you think when you saw the new Roadster on Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it's a different kind of car for sure, but the, it's just pure performance. The, the acceleration numbers are just so it, the original Roadster acceleration was mind blowing for me. And yes. now you can get a seven-passenger sedan that's f- <laughs> like a second faster. A lot yeah. faster. <laughs> yeah, like 25% faster. Um, I'm bl- th- too much time has passed. I can't remember all the numbers. I used to know how many batteries were in the Roadster well, the, battery and, and everything. Yeah, but. well, and the, uh, the original Roadster before the Roadster Sport, I think, was 3.9 yes. seconds yes. to 60. And so the, 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 the new Roadster is basically twice as quick to 60 which is just yeah. absurd but what's the so what is the performance model s now if you've got the dual oh 2.4 i believe oh my gosh yeah, for, uh, yeah. yeah yeah it just yeah people need to uh everybody needs to buy teslas i mean i know i'm talking to a captive audience here and it's just an echo chamber <laughs> but what it's just they're just so they're just so wonderful i love them and uh even with all the random ones along the way i got to so i got to drive i i got to share this story the so i on that same event where the model s launched they 
they were working on a partnership with Daimler for the Smart 4.2. I remember that. And yeah. the deal was Tesla was just going to be supplying battery packs. And they right. were handling the motor and the power electronics. But for the prototype, it had a Roadster motor in a car that was <laughs> a thousand pounds lighter. Oh, no. And so short that... So I got to drive that too at the same event. And when you floored yeah. it, you could feel the front suspension completely unload. Like, I don't know if the wheels were off the ground, but it was so short that that's what it felt like. And wow. I, I, I would just go <laughs> flying down the back. It was, it was at Menlo Park. We had a very short little runway and I would jam on the brakes way harder than I should. Like I would get going way faster and jam on the brakes way harder than I should have to where it felt like because it was so short, it felt like the car was going to roll forward and end <laughs> over end. Like are the back wheels in the air yet? This is bonkers. So that was one of the, that, I mean, that was one of the craziest things ever. Um, yeah. So like all along the way, the, the engineers that they have, the technology that they created, um, I, that I saw along the way, it w was just second to none. And, and I always have had faith that, uh, even, even projects that I saw, I, I, I drove a car that never came to life. That was after the model S that was not the model three. And I, I check every once in a while and it seems like that never made it to the rumor mill somehow. Um, Interesting. And it was, it was one of those things where a lot of people at Tesla knew about it. And this could have been, you know, the third car, the Model 3, except yeah. Yeah. at that time, they wouldn't have been able to make it cheap enough. It would have mm -hmm. still been too close to what the Model S was going to cost. And the Model S wasn't out yet. And... I mean, one of the things that I learned from Elon, because they were exciting times and sales meetings at the time when there were only 10 salespeople meant there were 10 of us and Elon. That was the monthly sales meeting. And yeah. what I learned from Elon was nothing is off the table. And what I mean by that is this, this is just a couple months onto the job, call it like March or April, 2009. And they had just, you know, they were four months into delivering cars. So they didn't, every other auto manufacturer has prior year metrics to, to compare to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And Tesla doesn't have that. So they weren't selling very many cars. And if you think about it, okay. So people don't buy sports cars in the winter. People don't buy convertible sports cars in the winter. People don't buy mm -hmm. convertible electric sports cars at all <laughs> let alone in the winter so this is just like a natural sales cycle but because they didn't know that it was just oh my god we're making these and we're not going to be able to sell them and elon said at one of these meetings okay so we need to come up with a plan to shut down roadster production and figure out what it's going how much money we need to tighten our belts to survive for the next two years until we can bring the Model S to market. 
And I mean, there's people like picking their eyeballs up off the ground, like, hang on, we only have one thing to sell. And you want us to stop selling the one thing that we have to sell? So uh, needless to say, that ultimately wasn't necessary because spring came and everybody wanted (laughs) convertible. Um, But yeah, back to that other car that never came to be. Um, I mean, the cool thing to do would have been, yeah, we're going to do this. And he made the hard decision to say, no, we're, we're not going to go that route. We need to put uh, like all the people who had been prototyping and side projecting this, uh, this other car were like, no, we need everybody back on Model S. That's, that's where we need to go. It was the plan all along and we're sticking with it. So like he definitely made hard choices along the way. And um, you got to respect that. Because and I suppose you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go all NDA on me on what that car was. Um, I don't, Is it for your uh, for your health and safety? Or, or I don't I don't know if ninjas will come find you. I mean, the guy makes not flamethrowers, so I don't know. <laughs> that's that's just what we know. That's just what we know, Ryan. Yeah. What do we? What has he made that we don't know about? I don't know. So if he's made that as a weapon, then who knows? Maybe there are, uh, he's flying stuff into space. I'm not saying that there's, uh, uh, I got to stop. I can't feed the conspiracy theorists because they, I mean, they were getting me back way back then. There, there was just, it was, it was relentless. (laughs) So no, I'll, uh, I'll let you go here, Mike. I've kept you for a while, but uh, Mike Falcone, employee number 200 or 300 ish. Yes. From Tesla Motors, back when they were officially known as Tesla Motors. Yes. And uh, yeah, you, a man responsible for over a million dollars worth of vehicle sales. And yeah, it's just, I, I, it was, I think it's just super fun hearing all, uh, all of your stories and perspective from those days. So Mike, thank you so much. Uh, you're quite welcome. Thanks so much for having me on. And I'm just so happy that you're doing this because it's so much easier to just listen to Ryan summarize all of the latest happenings then have to read all the different uh, rumor mill things like you do a great job summarizing it. So keep up the good work. All right. Take care, Mike. Thank you. Thanks. You too. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike. He's a really good guy, and as I said, he's instrumental in in me falling in love with Tesla and going all the way down the Tesla rabbit hole. And yeah, his, I just thought his perspective would be really interesting to talk about. You know, he was there. You heard him say how he wasn't sure if they were going to survive to the next month back in those days, you know, before the Model S and all that. So uh, thanks again to Mike for for coming on and taking taking his time to chat with me, and I hope you all enjoyed that. And with that, that will wrap up episode 210. Uh, before I go, of course, a few mentions. First of all, Immaculate Reflections, they will take good care of you and your car if uh, you desire any detail work, be it ceramic coating, paint protection film, uh, paint correction, any of that stuff, and they are continuing to run that $100 off offer for listeners of this podcast for any ceramic coating or paint protection film package unless you're doing the entire car in paint protection film in which case it's $250 off you can learn more at immaculate reflections website irdetailing.com meanwhile 
You can find uh, abstractocean.com is the home of all kinds of excellent Tesla accessories. Lighting kits is a big thing for them, as well as center console and armrest, you know, the, the window switch area there. The wraps for those, if you want to change the look and or feel away from that shiny fingerprint and scratch-prone uh, glossy piano black. So you've got those options and all, all that and more at abstractocean.com. 15% off of your first order by using the coupon code RTL podcast, all one word. So thanks to Abstract Ocean for that. If you enjoy the podcast, as I hope you do, uh, you are already supporting it by listening. But uh, if you do want to say thank you, Patreon is the best way to do that. I've got a Patreon set up with various tiers you can choose to support at. Each of them gets you a different uh, perk, and those perks stack. So if you go at one of the higher ones, you get all of them. So take a look for more information there at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I'd be very grateful if you'd at least take a look at that Patreon page sometime. You can always email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter and or Instagram at DMC underscore Ryan. If you are purchasing a Jada wireless charging mat which I do personally recommend. Like I said, I, I bought the original and they upgraded me to the V2. And boy, the, the first one was good other than the, the phone flying out of it on hard launches. But that is very fixed in the version two of the wireless charging pad that they sell now. Uh, it's just fantastic. You can even use and charge the phone in a landscape orientation if you're a Waze user. So uh, do check that out if you're interested. Sadly, I don't have a discount, as I always like to remind you, but uh, there is a, another way you can say thank you for, uh, for your support of the podcast by buying the Jada products through my link, my referral link, which is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. That's Jada spelled J-E-D-A, uh, the other product being the USB hub with that cool little dummy door to hide your, your sentry mode USB key in the unlikely but horrible event that anyone actually did break into your car and go looking to take the evidence, meaning the USB stick, uh, with them. They are unlikely to find it thanks to the Jada USB hub. Uh, what else can I tell you? I think that about wraps it up. Other than, of course, saying hello to the Patreon producers, which I'll do in a second. But before I do that... Uh, I just want to take a personal note to say thank you all very much for uh, allowing me to take uh, a week of uh, uh, some time off here with my family. You know, I do put a lot of time into this podcast all year round. I make it a point of pride to never miss a week because, you know what, the second that I miss a week is the second maybe you decide, you know what, I'm going to go find something else to listen to, whether it's Tesla related or not. So, uh, no, I, I really think it's important that... Um, if you enjoy a show, and I do my best to make this a show, that it's there for you on a predictable, regular schedule that, that just does not have interruptions. So, you know, I, I, I've done my very best in these four years of doing this so far to never miss a week. And I'm, I'm very proud to be able to say that, that that is still the case so far, even as you listen to this now, um, as, I, as I vacation. So thank you all for for uh, checking out this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. 
You know, this was a little different than the last, the first and previous vacation week episode I did where I was gone to, you know, I took a week uh, off with my family. You know, that one was kind of what I'd call best of content. You know, we had the the 2011 open house event from the Tesla factory and Elon's uh, speech at that. And then the Jason Calacanis interview from the year prior. Well, this time around, it's at least, it's all new content. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't, but at least it was it was something you hadn't heard before. So I do hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, I'll be back live, quote unquote live <laughs> next week to cover off on the Tesla news. So, you know, send along your your Tesla comments, questions, discussion topics, and the Ride the Lightning hotline. Everything will get back to normal next week. But for now, uh, let me say thanks to the Patreon producers, the folks kindly supporting at the producer tier. They are David Perella, Neil Weaver, Kaz Barnes, Charlie Gillespie, Aaron Appleby, Matthew Wright, John Cody, Chris Konesnik, Lambert Lee, Larry Lynch, Ron Lee, My Tesla Adventure, Rob Brewer, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Daniel Grummer, Josh, Jeremy, Michael Waddle, Luxendary.com, uh, Dorian Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Bill Royko, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salaise, David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack, Peter Chalet, Lawton from Chicago, Lars Hoffman, Marcus Mayenschein, Tim Hyde, Joe Edgel, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Parra, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, and DJ Harbaugh. Thank you all very much for your kind and continued support on Patreon. If you're not already subscribing to the show, do so for free on your favorite podcast service, be it iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which is in your Tesla, Spotify, or uh, audio only on YouTube. You know, no video there, but the audio is on YouTube. I've, I've been seeing actually a growing number of people subscribing to the YouTube feed. So I guess there are plenty of folks out there that that like even their podcasts on YouTube. I guess if you're if you've got YouTube up at your desk at work, maybe uh, you know you could just get the get the podcast right there along with all the other channels you subscribe to on YouTube. So I'm happy to syndicate the show there. And uh, otherwise, that will do it. So thanks again, everybody. Happy electric motoring, and I will be back on the regular show routine for you next week. I mean, I think... A Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.